Head down to Osborne Village September 6th for a show at the Cavern featuring a great lineup that's linked by a love for musical things just a little left of center. There'll be rock and folksiness and psychedelia, and it's all going to make you feel awesome. Come dance, come sing, come share some great moments with the Joe Curtis Band, Page Robot, and Heartsleeve. All three of these bands have been on the podcast before, and I personally vouch for how awesome all of them are. This is an insane lineup. It's only $10 at the door, and it's going to be a fantastic show. September 6th for Joe Curtis Band, Page Robot, and Heartsleeve. If you're a regular listener to the show, you've probably heard Aaron Bacon before. He's been on the podcast as a member of both Dizzy Mystics and Aphelion. On this episode, we talk about his work with those bands and other projects, but we mainly get into Bacon's Bass Place, which is his kind of all-purpose YouTube channel, podcast, interview show, bass lessons. It's just a lot of things uh, all at once, and it's a way for him to express himself a little bit differently from what he does in his bands. So we talk about how he got started, what his goal is with Bacon's Bass Place, what it is about the bass that inspires him so much, as well as where he's taking it, including a a book project and a lot more. So it's a fun interview with a guy who has been on the show before, but never in this capacity. And I think it's very cool not only to focus on local bands, but on some of the things that local musicians are doing on the side that are related to their music careers. It's a fun episode. I hope you like it. You're listening to Garbage Hill, one of the first podcast network. second day to do these which is, is great but I mean it was getting a bit much at the food right. court so it's nice to take a break and then come back here again yeah fair enough and uh, I'm here with someone who's been on the show I, I guess twice before uh, once oh, as yeah, a member of Dizzy great. Mystics and once with Aphelion and right. now you are here as yourself yes to kind of talk about a new pro- new-ish project that you yeah, got yeah. so well, just introduce yourself and All right. we'll, we'll go yeah forward. well you know if you haven't figured it out yet I'm Aaron Bacon um, the stuff that I'm trying that my base stuff that we're talking about is my online presence mostly called uh, Bacon's Bass Place. Yeah. Um, that's what the online, my actual business is called Bacon's Place of Bass. Okay. But so it's I, just like yeah, the, the word for different order. Exactly. Yeah. This, the social media stuff's called Bacon's Bass Place. Right. So I try to use that one more to keep that confusion at, at bay. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, a little bit. Um, but I've just been just been doing my, my regular stuff. It's getting a little bit easier for me now because I think I've, I've been just over a year on my okay. YouTube now and the whole first year was pretty inconsistent uh, as far as like timing of putting out videos right. but and that you kind of locked yeah, your schedule yeah and that's yeah. one of the more important one of the most important things i think about being on youtube in general is is the consistency of when you're doing it cuz well, people want to know right? people yeah. want to know that if they turn it on at a certain day exactly. that's going to be there they're so going to yeah. they want to know when to go for it you for know sure. so that's honestly the part hardest part for me too cuz i'm i'm not the most organized guy in the world either i kind of right. just like to act on my impulses sometimes yeah, yeah, you yeah. know so so it's a, it's a really good thing for me to have to force myself to do that and you know my my numbers are still pretty low but they've been going up 
faster than they were last year since it's, I started doing sign, that. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I guess like from what I've seen uh, of your videos, you have uh, kind of a few different things you're doing. I mean, you, you've had somewhere to sit down conversation with people. Mm -hmm. You've had somewhere it's obviously an educational thing uh, about you know whatever aspect of base. Like, is there sort of a main goal of what you're trying to? Put up there right, with the right. channel. So I'll, I'll run you through pretty much all of the uh, the services that I try sure, to do. Yeah. Mostly it's bass lessons, you yeah. know. Like the, the the big thing for my business is actually my work at Cafe Music School, okay. where I have. Um, well, last year I had over 30 students. It kind of fluctuates, but typically between 30 and 40 cool, guitar cool. students. Actually, ironically, guitar students. That's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, there's a lot more guitar students than there are bass students. Makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. So so that's sort of my my main support right now. But then the the YouTube is mostly about bass lessons, but I also have, um, like you said, I do the Bacon Beacon podcast. Yeah, which yeah. I had it. I was calling it, but I, I've. Um, is that kind of folded into the main thing now, or? Um, well. I'm trying to, to get it going because I sort of had like one season. I think I did yeah. about six episodes, yeah. and then I kind of was having some uh, some gear troubles and some some issues recording my audio and having okay. it not okay. sound like a piece of crap the whole yeah. time, you know. So I just go with a piece of crap. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm starting to to. <laughs> Sometimes you just got think about yeah. like, okay, yeah. that's just the dryer going yeah. in the yeah. background. Yeah, exactly. you know? Well, living in Winnipeg too, you're gonna have a, a furnace turn on. Yeah. You know, six months out of the year oh, anyway, yeah. you can't do any water, right? So. And and mine's loud. Yeah. Super funny. <laughs> I, I have guests over and it scares the crap out of them and yeah. it's just the funniest thing. Uh, yeah, so I, so I have the podcast, but I haven't been doing it too much. I do uh, gear modification videos. You know, I have... The only ones I have up so far, I think, is um, for anybody who's seen me play my blue bass or okay. seen me live because that's my main bass, I have this weird custom-designed... Uh, it looks like a pick guard, but it's actually more of a finger ramp okay. to help uh, with the economy of, of playing. Not, I don't know if you know too much about finger ramps and stuff. No, I don't. But. It, it basically just makes less room under the string so that your your finger has to cover less distance. Okay. So you okay. can go faster. Yeah, that makes right? sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have like gear modification where I did that. I have some where I, I, I turned a classical guitar into an acoustic bass, okay. which my uncle had done and it's quite kind of cool successfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. he put like a little acoustic uh, pickup in it and then he had it plugged and it would plug into just the subwoofer from like a home oh really yeah like my uncle's a bass player too and you go into his house and his everything's just frankenstein guitars it's like he's got cool, these yeah. double necks that he's made himself and fretless guitars and weird cool, stuff cool. and uh yeah so i tried to do that and it um, it turned out pretty good pretty good and now i've, I've disassembled it all to perfect it like i just wanted to make sure that it would actually work but now i i'm getting like i, I want to have what are they? Flat wound short scale acoustic bass strings, which are like probably an eighty dollar pack of strings. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I don't, I don't have that. I just threw on some old electric bass strings and it worked. But cool. And I also still have like the classical, um, classical guitar tuning pegs on the tip of it. So that's not great for bass either because you no, need a little bit more leverage. Strength, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and these ones were old and junk too. So it's like you needed two hands yeah. and it was like cracking and and they both all like four out of the six of them ended up like breaking off. Um, <laughs> But so, so who, who do you think, I mean, with the, with the kind of more, like, here's a bass lesson type videos, who, who is that aimed at? Because, I mean, as someone who has played bass but is not very good at it, like, a lot of that stuff is way, way beyond me. Like, what kind right. of uh, level, like a skill level are you sort of going yeah. for with those? so uh, that's a good question. You know, I've been, that's something I've been encountering with, because I try to do this, like, you, like, I think anybody naturally, you start off with the stuff that's interesting to you, well, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. So, for me, I had, I've spent the last five or so years, like, developing this weird way of playing slap bass like 80% of the time and right. and not not having it sound like slap bass but right but but that's sort of a, a advanced you know like I, yeah. I hesitate to say anything is advanced that I'm doing myself you know but 
Um, but compared to someone who's just starting out and says the instrument is like, okay, yeah. what do I do? They're going to watch that and be like, I don't. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? So, so that's kind of where I've started, and I feel like that's where I have a little bit more of the success, and that's a little bit more where my demographic lies okay. in, a little bit more the, intermediate to advanced yeah, 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 techniques. Yeah. People but, who are already into that stuff and want to yeah. just go a bit further, right? Yeah. But I, I also realize that it's a much bigger demographic for the, the beginners, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I do have a few that's like how to do the basic just how to slap a string like yeah, most yeah. of my stuff is about slap based yeah, I, that's just, I just love it yeah. you know and I I've, I've developed this way to make it not always sound like slap based which is great I think yeah. because it's so fun to play but it's so like uncalled for and a lot of the times <laughs> so people music, right? use yeah, yeah. it you know sure, sure. so like I, I try to I'm trying to do this thing that I have been calling slap based techniques okay. which is like basically just playing with that overhand like with your thumb but not necessarily always slapping it okay. like one of the important skills that I try to, to, to portray is um, being able to slap like across the range of dynamics right because I, I find like slapping is like metal drumming most sure. people until you really refine it like you have two dynamics right which is loud and louder you yeah, have yeah, like yeah. your main volume which is just loud and then you have like an extra 25% for those hits there's no subtlety there's no subtlety yeah, yeah. you know there's no contrast there's no yeah. there's no like you, you can't make somebody like fall into the space, you know? If sure, it's just like sure. a wall of sound the whole time, you almost want to like remove that floor for them to stand on at some okay, point. And okay. I, I find that's a really good way to do in dynamics is in slap bass, you know, because a lot of the pattern stuff too, you want to kind of be keeping a, a consistent yeah. rhythmic notes. There's actually not a lot of space in it because because well, it's percussive, in, right? Yeah, so, yeah it's yeah. very percussive, and in funk, you want like that sixteenth note. You know, you want that kind of groove, you know. But so, how can you create the dynamic contrast and rhythmic contrast while playing nearly all of the beats available right. to right. you, right? And dynamics is such a great way to do that. Palm muting is such a great way to do that. Like learning and learning techniques for each one of those. Like a like a pianist, you know, they low dynamics, you know. And I'm no keenest, so I don't I don't know the words yeah, or the, yeah, yeah. The, the the labels, but I know they, there's generally like sort of two fields of dynamic technique on sure. piano, where for lower dynamics you use your fingers only, and then for harder dynamics you hand, use yeah. your whole hand yeah. and arm and wrist, you yeah, know. Yeah. And then there's subtle variations of each of those, and and I try to to get into more of that, but I find that's like if you can't slap already, there's not a lot of sense doing that, you know. And if right. if you can barely if you don't have the finger conditioning on your left hand to pl to push a note down, you it's know, it's not going to work. There's, there's hand, like, yeah. like to make an example about this, when Dizzy Mystics was going on tour for Canadian Music Week in May, I had to find a sub, and there was some some like metal guitar players I would talk to, and I'd be like, oh, you think you can help help some of my students? And be like, oh yeah, you know, like I could some some scales and like some ways I used to like navigate the neck and some speed techniques yeah. and like how, what I used to get my style I'm like dude they can barely play one note yeah. like they don't have a callus on their finger literally and they push you down the bass string is hard when you yeah, start, yeah exactly it's so thick, yeah. and like if you don't have the tough skin like it's not even a matter of a finger strength because you can push hard and the, the string just sinks into totally. your skin yeah. and you just can't push it it's like yeah. you need to put like a, a, a coin underneath your finger or something and that, that that's something that teaching at a music school with mostly beginners has really yeah. helped me to 
to realize that that's that's more where the students are you know is is still learning not yeah. not applying the things that they've learned yet that's that's more of like a university level student or or a, sure. a professional player who's who's teaching themselves you know like right cuz you always keep learning you know exactly. there's not like an end point right it's always yeah. Yeah, you can keep that's that's a hallmark of of a good anybody learning not just musician anybody sure, who's yeah. who's a musician who's a, a mathematician who's a geologist who runs a podcast who same has thing, online yeah, yeah. everything it's all the same yeah, you totally, know? Yeah. yeah and you know i i um i'm really enjoying that aspect of it and trying to incorporate a bit more of that into my channel if you go look back at some of my first videos were some more basics but yeah um yeah like i said i try to i've, I've my like now that I'm getting a bit more traffic on my channel, I can start to look at the analytics. Right, and are, see what works and what. Yeah, what exactly. Are and and yeah. so far, the the videos of mine that have the highest views are the like how to do a, how to to do a slap, how to okay. do the perfect pop, you know, how to avoid like what I call the double pop problem, which is essentially something I just made up, you know. And like yeah, yeah. That's 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 where the niche is, is in where you can find new labels for things for and sure. where you can. Learn to describe things that haven't been described that you've found by Well, and if people, you're the guy who has kind of pointed out what the issue is and figured it and named it and everything, then that's mm. where people are going to go to, to yeah, look at it, right? Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, a guy actually put a good dialogue on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I know there's a lot of, I mean, for any instrument, there's a lot of people doing something similar in the sense that they're showing you how to do whatever technique. So I'm assuming for bass, there's probably same as guitar, same as piano, same as drums. There's a ton of people out there. Right. How do you get your show to kind of be noticed above all that? Because that's that's the goal with yeah. doing a podcast, with, with doing a YouTube channel, with playing in a band, like all this right. stuff. You need to sort of, how do you kind of find that niche to, to appeal to people who maybe don't know you? Right. I mean, people in Winnipeg, they know you from your band. Maybe they've taken lessons with you, right? They, they have an idea of who you are. But like some guy in, I don't know, California, how do you, because you can appeal to everyone on YouTube, right. what, what's your kind of plan for being that guy? That yeah, well, I did a lot of uh, research on like branding, yeah. and, and particularly there was a, a couple things in particular that really helped in the beginning. One was this book I got by a guy called Russell Brunson, okay. and it's called um, Expert Secrets, and it's basically how to, the premise of the book is that you're already good at something, right? and you just have to be able to market that effectively, right? So it's all about branding before it's about like sales or anything yeah, course, like yeah, that so yeah. and, and branding's all about building belief right and uh, so that yeah that first book was was really good on like okay how are you going to build like where's your your charismatic leader figure you have to right. have this and there's four types of char charismatic okay. leaders which one are you and like why are all those works yeah yeah and then there's uh, the second bits all about creating uh, your culture or your um, right. The first one actually is called the, the new opportunity, okay. which is your actual product. That's the right. the which is what you're showing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is the new vehicle. Um, the second one is creating your culture, which is about the belief, which is the branding, which is like once people are hooked on you, like a face is like one of the most highly brandable things. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's like the thing you're asking about is is one of the hardest things to do is that first step of how do you get people to know you? Because well, and it's the same with this, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's anything anything creative basically where you're trying to put your own your own work out there. It's it's the hang up, right? It's like how, yeah. how do you get totally? How do you be the guy? So yeah, for me that's all about the branding and that's about getting people invested in like who you are as a person and what what is your your culture and that yeah. that has to be something deep enough foundational enough that it's gonna if somebody else gets turned on to that that's gonna make them believe in you as right. a person and then not start just describing and watching yeah. everything you do and, yeah. exactly and then that once they're on you like people are so highly individual and and you know that's it's a really 
it's it's hard because that's one of the biggest things. I think like I haven't even really mentioned much about how I've actually stuck out because I'm still working on that. I sure. think one well, of the, it's still fairly new, right? Yeah, exactly. I think one of the biggest things for me is is the name. I think Bacon's base place I think is kind of catchy. I yeah, think yeah. it has my name. It rhymes. It's got an alliteration in there. It it sort of rolls off yeah, the tongue. Yeah, so sure. I think people. It's probably a catch twenty two. Like pe people might not have any idea what it is and just be yeah. like, well, what's oh, this what thing? is this click? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and that can go both ways because you can go, what is this click? And you can go, what is this? Like, I don't want anything to do with yeah, it, you know. Yeah. And and any reason that they have to get your attention can do that. One thing that I like to to sort of kid myself about is like. If you're good enough, if you're actually like really good at your instrument, yes. you'll get like a viral video or something. And I, I yeah. like to think I've developed some skill, but like, well, someone will see well, it, right? The idea is this: someone who, who has a lot of influence will see it, and they'll share it. And then all of a yeah, sudden, that's what and happens. That's you right? get your yeah. big video, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, and it's 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 hard to do that thing because you got to find that thing that makes you stick out, you know. And and having a, a catchy name is is not enough, no. right? But the, the content needs to be good too, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, like, I'm working on a, on a book right now okay. called um, the Hundred Basic Slap Bass Patterns. And last year, I did a daily live video series called the Fifty Basic Slap Bass okay. Patterns, okay. where I I just take the basic strokes that I use in slap bass, like you have your slap, you have your pop, yeah, and yeah. you have your your various slurs and stuff. That's basically it. Um, um, without getting into double thumping techniques because it's a 50 basic patterns, right, right? right? So I would do one live video a day and I went through those and then now I'm trying to make the, the book of it where okay. I basically just um, have a, a product to give somebody yeah. instead of like go go spend like hours and hours watching all this stuff. It's like, oh, if you have a book that you can reference when you need course, to. And, yeah. and it's going to be 100 the basic book, slap page bass patterns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it helps me like flesh it out a lot more. And I think stuff like that, like creating... I think that's a really strong way to brand yourself is to have like a, a course or a yeah, product sure. like that. For like sure. like the hundred basic slap bass patterns is a thing that's branded under under me. So yeah. when if people get that and they've like, oh I I realize that because the reason that, that gave me the idea to do the, the, the basic slap bass patterns is because when you're getting into slap bass you hear these patterns all the time. People say that's open hammer slap, open pop slap, open right. hammer hammer, open slap pop, whatever. You hear right. these these phrases all the time. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. let's figure out all of them. Let's and get then every you can put those one. together to make yeah. whatever you're trying to make. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I did. I uh, I took the building strokes, basic strokes, and. Um, I put them in an order, and I went, okay, I'm going to have the opens first, and then I'm going to have the, the slaps, and then the pops, and then yeah, the yeah. hammers, and then the pull-offs, and I'm going to go, and I'm only going to do two at first. I'm going to go open slap, then I'm going to go open pop, then I'm okay. going to go open hammer, then open pull -off. So something a starter, a uh, beginner can, can sort yeah, of get exactly. into. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and, and it's just one stroke at a time. And and on, honestly, like, those smaller numbers of combinations, two-stroke combinations, three-stroke combinations, they're kind of hard to make into grooves because yeah. it's hard to fill up a whole measure with two notes. Sometimes sure, yeah, you yeah. know, and, I guess and depending on the style really, you're playing, yeah, yeah, depending on the style. Yeah. But like odds are, if you're playing slap bass, you know, who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a few directions you're gonna go there. Yeah, not yeah, too many, yeah. exactly. So, are you gonna self-publish the book? Is that the idea? Or are you hoping well, to get it? To I'm I'm hoping to have it ready to publish by the end of the year. Okay. So. You know, I have a couple friends who run publishing businesses, and I was thinking about using them. Yeah. Um, otherwise, like, I don't know, I'm going to go to Staples and print off yeah, yeah, 50 yeah. copies of it, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know.
don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to try and just print a bunch myself and sell. I have a few, I have some friends that have um, had great success with books that they've yeah. written. Like, I have a, some friends that work over at um, a place called Spirit Studios, and they just made their own tarot deck. Okay. Um, and, and this huge, like, encyclopedia of tarot knowledge to go with it. This huge, like, 500-page oh, wow. plus, like, tomb. Yeah. Like, and it's gorgeous artwork because they're all, like, animators over okay. there. Okay. And, and, like, I would go over to their place, and they just have, like their living room like full of boxes of copies and like yeah we have to have this shipped out this weekend you know yeah so, yeah well, that's cool so I'm, I'm probably gonna gonna bug them for some advice yeah, when, well, I, get, obviously done when I get yeah. to that point yeah. you know get ready for Book of Ghosts it's a new local band with a new self-titled record and it's something you're gonna want to hear Book of Ghosts is six punishingly heavy metal fusion songs drawing a wide range of disparate influences together to create a powerful sound. Go to Instagram.com slash Book of Ghosts Official to find out more information and follow the band. I guess what's the, um, what's kind of the goal of this project? I mean, obviously, you like teaching. Obviously, mm. you like bass. I mean, yeah. that's pretty clear, right? Like, do you want to make this into a, like, a full-time gig? Is that yeah, kind of like, the goal of this? Or? I would totally love to be able to live off my, my business. And, I mean, technically, right, I, I am already because of the, the music school, right? Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily feel... It feels more like a job than being self-employed, sure, even though sure. technically I'm still self-employed in a contractor, right? Like, they're the music school's students. Right, right. But I'm teaching them and getting paid by the music school. So it does seem like a regular job. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Even though it's all taxable under my business, right. you know? So right. so that's great because that it gives cool, me yeah. a paper trail, right? Yeah. And it's But the, the ultimate goal is to be able to, to make a living and to... To create a, a culture of, of like-minded bassists, you yeah. know, and to be able to establish a, a common dictionary to be able to talk with people and not be like, oh, like, I say double thump and I mean this, but you say double thump and you mean something totally different, so we're going to spend 20 minutes just talking about what we mean yeah, by that yeah. instead of the actual And then you have techniques. the language barrier of... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a big goal of mine for creating a like-minded community of people who like use the same language you know because i've experienced that in in other techniques in other aspects of my life where like you learn this thing and it's called a certain thing then you go and try to explain and they're like oh well i call it this and then you almost just end up arguing about what to call it rather than actually doing the thing you're trying to do exactly and that's that gets really frustrating for me because i've spent a lot of time doing that you know um so yeah, you know, building a community, I would like to get more private students than, okay. than like contracted students. Um, I'd also like to get some gigs. Right now it's kind of hard because I'm not super mobile. Right. I don't drive yet, so I can't make it to all the open jams and stuff. And um, I feel like I'd be a lot more able to do that were I to drive. Right, uh, yeah, that, that helps, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are, right? are, you, are you in the one band now, or do you have multiple bands at this point, Leon? Because Disney Mystic is still active, right? Yeah, yeah, right now it's just the one, I suppose. Yeah, yeah we. I just did a Cannibal Corpse cover for a seance metal. Yeah, uh, I think I saw fest. a poster for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. that was a lot of fun, and it wasn't the first time I'd done that, and it was a great group of guys, and I had been wanting to get into a metal band again, and yeah. those guys were talking about... Um, Keeping the cannibal cor- or anthropophagate carcass. Which <laughs> it sounds like, like well, what, what the hell does anthropophagate yeah. mean? That's the only other word for cannibal. Right. So it's okay. actually super clever. Sounds good, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. anthropophagate carcass. I like cannibal that, yeah, cannibal corpse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Um, so they were talking about going and doing some more of that, maybe just making some side money with it, but okay. we, we haven't yet. So not really. I'm kind of, I'm open to being in another band, but 
it's really got to be worth my while, you know? One, sure. it's got to be, like, technically stimulating enough, because there's a couple other bands that I had yeah. options to join, and, like, I really like it, but I just, I'd listen to it, and I'd be like, yeah, I could see myself being, like, really, really bored at some point. Yeah, you need to level of complexity, right? Like to... or, or I need to be, like, getting paid enough. Which, in a band like this, it wouldn't be the case. Yeah, so for sure. I kind of sure. need both of those things at this point, you know? I, to make it a viable option. Yeah, and, yeah. and like, Maybe I don't need to start getting paid right off the hop, but there has to be like a good trajectory. Like we have sure. to be like, we want to tour Europe, we want to sell this many albums, yeah. we want to record. Rather than stuff. just we'll play a show every couple of weeks in Winnipeg. Yeah, right? yeah, and that was an issue that I um, had had before. That was actually, you know, maybe I can finally get this out there in clear words. That was actually sort of what made me take a step back from Aphelion oh, really? okay. years before it came to its end. You know. Um, Just the kind of localization of it, like the. Well, um, sir, you know, I don't want to. I mean, there's only three of us, so yeah. it's hard to not yeah, yeah. point anybody out, you know. Yeah. And, and I really, really don't want to do that. No, no, you don't. You don't have to. Just be collectively had agreed that, like, you know, we weren't trying to go anywhere with it, and this was going right. to be like a for fun thing. But I, I wanted to be a career musician, and I still do, and I, yeah. I am, you know, and. And that's not going to take you very far when you guys have agreed yeah. that you're so. So it, yeah. I was kind of trying to push it to get more serious, and people are not willing to yeah. to make the sacrifices necessary. So I, I took a step back, and the thing that was really profound about that for me with Dizzy Mystics was I had like a whole night about mulling over, trying to make up my mind of right. where do I want to put my serious attention, you know? And yeah. I realized that it wasn't going to be in this project, so. Without any specifics in mind, I just very strongly in my mind and like how to really, I think it's a big kicker is that there's a lot of emotion behind this decision, you know, it's not a whim. Yeah, yeah, true, You know, it's true. something that's, that's really, I'm really deeply invested in. And yeah, it was so freaky because I, I just made up my mind that I wanted a different project, I wanted it to be a different type of music, I wanted it to have a different business model, right. I wanted it to be with people I didn't know from outside of the scene okay. that I, I was in already, and the next morning I got a text from the drummer of okay. Dizzy at the right time, right right and he was like, yo, you want to join this prog rock band? <laughs> we already have the album, Like you yeah, just got to yeah. learn it, and we're going to yeah. like hit the road, you know, and I was like... Oh. So I didn't instantly jump on it, you know, but it didn't take me more than like a day of yeah. hearing the songs and like learning it and well, and that's been it was kind so of much fun. Building some buzz too, because the record just came out, right? Like yeah, not too yeah, long in ago, May. So. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I have, uh, yeah, we all have physical copies of that uh, too, and we're we're pushing that and uh, yeah it's been getting great reception from those who have seen it we've um, and we hired Asher Media to give us some PR so there's both like what we paid for in PR but that kind of what you pay for is only still it's not a guarantee it's still no. only like where wherever you get a bite absolutely you know well, I, mean, I get the amount of emails I get from PR companies asking me to interview bands 90% of which aren't in Winnipeg and are not the type of thing I would cover and just get thrown out. Like, right. the, the, the odds on what people are actually going to look at versus just going to delete right. is anybody. You know, it's, it's crazy. Like, totally. So you, 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 have to, you just you have to do the work to promote yourselves yeah. while you're doing it and while you're mm -hmm. touring and while you're, like, social media and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's something that you can do. Oh, that's yeah. the yeah. freaky thing about yeah. it is, is like... Yeah, it's like, doable for sure. When we, we went to Canadian Music Week this week and or this week, this year yeah, yeah, yeah. in May and um, 
one of the the best things about that is the conferences. There's a week of music conferences, yeah. four days of music conferences, and international music summits and all this. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So so much to learn there. It's it's hard to make it to all the conferences because you know some of them are happening at the same time, yeah. and it's like you want to do this one over this one. Well, you and that shows and this. Too, right? and they, yeah, but like that's one of the big things that we learned is you don't actually need anybody. You don't. And, and okay, well. There's a couple points about this. Everybody knows, like, you can do it yourself, yep. sort of. Like, you don't need a music supervisor. You don't need a music publicist. You don't need a manager. You don't need PR. Yeah. You can do all that stuff yourself, but you have to learn how to do all that stuff uh, yourself. Yeah, and that sure. takes a lot of time and effort and, like, trial and error. And, and it takes a lot of sucking at it, yeah. you know, yeah. before you can do well, it. Well, I think and that's one of the things I think that, that, that sinks a lot of bands that they decide, you know, we don't have the money to pay for this stuff. We're going to do it ourselves. And they get burnt out trying to do it. Yeah. And then they just break up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a big thing uh, is the money like honestly that that is a big thing and it's hard to get around because like if you're trying to apply for funding I mean good luck yeah and I yeah. mean like even if you get like the best of funding most of them only cover up to 56 and yeah, yeah it's usually like not more than like half of the budget yeah. you know yeah so you still gotta find a way to make that up yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and and you also in most of those cases have to already have the money that you're applying for you have to show bank statements oh yeah that you already have the money that is your budget right that you're applying for and they're just helping you out by yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah. so that's tricky it's it's so tricky because it's not cheap like i think our budget for our tour that we did on yeah. Canadian, which was half Canadian Music Week, half of like our CD release okay. tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just shy of two weeks, I think. And and yeah, I think our budget was like eleven grand or something. Yeah. yeah. Which for a lot of bands, that's just might have. I think it might have even been closer to like sixteen grand wow. or something. But that's just it's four they, guys. That's you not know, even like, an option for a lot of bands. They just no. won't because they you know they have too much not an option. Know, responsibility, whatever at home, yeah. and they got to deal with, and they can't. Yeah, the, the cash you know, it's, get, it's yeah. usually either the the time, the money, or the priority, right? Yeah, for like, sure, for sure. It's, you don't have like, and usually it's not all of those. Or the That's commitment, even thing. also. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, the commitment. Yeah, it's a huge thing. Um, and like, you know, you find people who have the money, have it because they're working all the time. And yeah. Because you're working, you can't get the time yeah, off. Exactly. Or, yeah. or you're if not you have get the, the money time, yeah. you don't have the money because you're not working. For sure. You know? yeah. Or, yeah. or like, there's tons of happens all the time. And I mean, like, no judgment, of course. Um, people choose their families, That's obviously. Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, if you have a family, like, you probably should. Yeah. <laughs> you you think know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But, and then the older you get, too, the more likely it is that your bandmates are gonna have. Some of them are gonna have families. Yeah. Some are gonna have mortgages. Properties, they're gonna have things yeah, that yeah. just like eliminate their ability to. Yeah. To do something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's ways around it. Like, there's people who get band houses. There's yeah, and yeah. which can really help a lot. There's you can. Um, I think if you're really, really hardcore about it, and every single one of the people in your band is super hardcore, yeah. super dedicated, one of the best things that you can do is create like a a good, like high-level touring cover band. Yeah. Well, that's and, where the money is, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is bizarre, but yeah. So much more money in the yeah. covers. Well, it's because people come, like, when we did the Tool thing, people are like, oh my god, that's been my favorite song for the right. last 30 right. years. They're not going like, to hear it more than once a decade if yeah. they come here anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 and whereas your original music, you're trying to convince people to like it. Right. <laughs> and you get a lot of the people who maybe wouldn't come to a show yeah. to see original music, but they're like, oh, I like Tool, I'm going to oh, go yeah, yeah, show up totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we are our first stop, actually, on the tour, the Dizzy Mystics uh, Oh, what did we call it? We had this ridiculous Bruce Lee post. No, it wasn't. That was the last year we had the Enter Ontario tour. I saw tour, that. That was hilarious. And we yeah. made the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. that was good. Uh, this year it was just the Wanderlust tour, right? Right. Um, the name of the album, yeah. Yeah. 
and uh, our first day of that was the busiest day on tour and there's a part in here that's getting to what you're just saying but I'll just tell you the whole day we, we were on the road for like 5 in the morning I think okay. and we, our first stop was in Thunder Bay so that's an 8 hour drive um, and we had a radio interview at 4.30 I think I think that math adds up. I don't know. <laughs> That's like 12 <laughs> hours. Like that, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and we had 4.30, and then we had like an hour or two to like eat and sleep, and then we had yeah. the show, which was our biggest show of the whole tour. Oh, wow. Yeah, because we did um, we did the tool cover and then set, and then we did the original set, and, then we, and then we did the Soundgarden set. Holy shit, yeah, It was just us all night. That's crazy. It's the first time we've done that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we had a bunch of guys. We even had a dude who came and took pictures of us professionally and reviewed oh, us cool. on his article, but only the tool act. He's, so, and he says in there, like, I didn't stay for the rest of it. So I just heard the original stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like, I just heard the sound, or not sound, yeah. garden, uh, tool. I just heard this, they were going to do a tool cover, and I love tools, so yeah. I had to go see it. And I worked in the morning, so I couldn't stay, so, which is fine. You know, he still, still paid to get in, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he still made the article and everything. Yeah. Oh, I was having an issue with my tuner that night. It wasn't good. Um, I was bummed out I missed the Soundgarden one here because oh, I, would, I, oh. I, 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 wanted, I mean I, I like Tool too I like Soundgarden a lot more mm. <laughs> yeah I, well. one of these days if you guys do it I'm gonna have to check it out because yeah I, I saw like some very small clips of it on social media and yeah. it sounded awesome so well I don't think I can give anything away just yet but you might not be disappointed in okay. the near future about Sounds that Sounds you know? good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so okay so if people are you know to go back to the video stuff right if people want to see your videos or get in touch with you or whatever what's the best kind of way to do it um there's really anything like I have my my Google listing is is total setup so if you search search like I bet you well probably wouldn't get me if you just put bacon no in I Google. think it'll be a lot of other things, <laughs> probably a lot of other things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yeah but um, if you put bacon and base you might yeah yeah, yeah. if you put bacon's base place those, yeah. like you'll you'll get everything on mine because it's all filtered through the Google thing right, so right. you have the the YouTube the Instagram my, I have a couple uh, my email is you know bacon's place base at gmail.com my Facebook artist page my Instagram um, I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn cool. pretty much all of that I'm on Pinterest and Reddit cool um, so yeah you can you can get a hold of me on any of those uh, things and yeah my my private teaching um, you can get a hold of me for any of that and we can discuss rates and stuff you know cool. I have a pretty standard rate but um, depending on the situation there may be deviances allowed you yeah. know yeah so uh, yeah I also do lots of like studio work well I don't do lots of studio work I've, I've done some studio work right. and I'm looking for more Just studio filling work. In people's albums yeah yeah, yeah exactly cool. I know there's a couple people who are who do like to do occasional recordings so yeah I'm, I'm definitely in that field as well cool. Hey everybody, welcome back to Bacon's Bass Place. I'm Aaron Bacon, and today I wanted to go over something with you guys that I feel gets overlooked a little bit in a lot of people's slap bass playing. What we're going to be looking at today is how to perform the perfect slap bass pop. How to pop perfectly. So when learning slap bass, there's kind of a large learning curve, you know, it takes a long time. It, it took me at least two years to be able to do anything, to be able to get like any sort of hitting that felt okay, and that was like when I was still doing overhand slap bass, which isn't a more beginner version by any means, I just ended up later switching to over underhand slap bass, you know. Where you actually hit right through the string instead of just hitting it like a whip, which is overhand. So, 
took me about five years to gain any sort of confidence in slap bass. It took me at least five years to be able to feel like I had any kind of confidence. And you know what the kicker was about that? Is that it took me about another five years after that to realize that five years ago, I really didn't have very, really any confidence on, in slapping to speak of. So, you know, it takes a long time to start learning and it takes a long time to get good at slap bass. And it takes, it's just an endless curve. It's not like there's this point where, oh, all of a sudden I've, I've mastered slap bass, okay? So we're just going to work on one of the fundamental building blocks of what is implicit in slap bass playing and that is the pop what i call the pop stroke so you probably have a couple questions about the pops you know what makes a pop perfect since we're talking about the perfect pop today what fingers do i use what angle do i rotate at what part of my finger do i do we're going to touch on all of those things today guys so don't worry stick around subscribe and we're going to be hitting lots of fun stuff like this all the time make sure you like that smash button if you're getting some good stuff out of this guys so first thing, I'm just going to run through my basic technique of how I like to perform the pop. Then we're going to address some of your questions after this. And then after that, we're just going to go over maybe a couple last little closing pointers and tips for you guys to improve your slap bass playing and make your pops sound more better and develop that perfect pop that we're striving for today. So a pop is one of those slap bass strokes that I consider to need what I call the setup phase. This means that you can't really just jump into doing it, you know? It means that you have to put your finger there first before you can do it. It's a two-phase stroke. That means it has a setup phase and an execution. That means we have to put our finger in place, then we do the pop, right? So, that's the first thing. You gotta find a way to include your setup phase. Usually, I do that combined with a slap. So, so when you're doing your setup phase for your pop, I find it a lot more economic, ergonomic, easier, more efficient. You get a lot more bang for your buck. You get more out of the energy that you're spending this way by combining the setup phase with your slap. So when you slap, we shouldn't have our fingers hanging out here and then we're going to go do a pop right after that and we have to get it, we have to move our finger all the way down there to get it in position to do a, a slap, right? So that means we had to do three motions right here. We had to do one is a down, the other one is moving our finger over, putting it into the setup phase, and that's number two, and then number three is actually doing the pop. So when we combine the setup phase and our slap, it means that we can actually get rid of that second phase or the third phase or we can reduce it from three to two phases because when we're slapped we're landing with our finger in the setup phase already okay you can set your finger up on the down phase where you're also doing your slap okay so when you slap after you've slapped your finger should be in position already you should have already set up your finger to do that pop before you've done it at the same time that you do your slap, okay? You gotta do the setup phase. And then you get two motions. Instead of like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. You know, that's, that's inefficient. It's also a lot less accurate. 
You know, it's going to be hard to find the note that you're going for if you don't put it in place before you're trying to get there, you know? It's going to make your time off. That's where a lot of people run into the staccato issue with slap bass, which we're going to address in another issue about how to address the issues of slap bass. Right now, though, we're just trying to get the perfect pop. Once you're doing the pop, you know, if sometimes you have other strokes that you're doing on the upstrokes, there's a down phase and an up phase, you know. Usually the down phase is only on the, sl for the slap bass, and then all of your other strokes all end on the up phase, right? So we got a down, up. And with slap and pop, if we're going to include our slap in our phase of the setup, in our setup phase, then we just have a down, up, and that's slap, pop, slap, pop. I don't know how well you guys can see on this video exactly what my right hand here is doing, but I'm going to get you guys a closer up view so you can see that a little more closely. But what I'm really doing here, when I'm doing the pop, is I'm actually... It's not so much because I'm pulling with my arm or because I'm rotating with my wrist or I'm pulling down or anything. It's actually more of a, a squeezing of the finger. It's like you're pulling a, a trigger. You know, that's kind of the pop. When I'm set up, my finger is like this. And then when I go to execute, I actually push down with my finger into my hand. So right here I've set up. And then I squeeze my finger into my hand. You see that? It can be done with either finger, your middle finger or your pointer finger. And it's less about pulling. It's less about twisting, you know, it's more actually in the finger. That's the whole trick to getting the perfect pop for me, is getting that leverage that comes from finger strength and, and the, the twisting motion that comes when you rotate your finger inwards like that. You know, maybe there's a little bit of pushing downwards with your hand and that'll make it rotate outwards a little bit and that's going to give you some leverage on your pop too so you don't really need to like pull it's all just mechanics that work ergonomically with each other you know it's it's more about leverage than strength okay The final thing that we do when we're popping, or when we're playing slap bass doing any stroke, is the follow through. You know, that's where you see me actually moving my hand up and away from the bass like this. It's from the follow through phase, which helps you to flow, helps you to be smooth in your playing, is actually follow through. It's what actually kind of gets you this alternating motion. That means the motion that your hand is doing after you've done the pop or slap or whatever. You know, like you can consider the, the setup phase combined with the slap the same thing when you're doing the pop. It can be considered follow through because it's something that you're doing after your thumb hits the string. You're, you're setting, well, it's technically not after, I guess. It's at the same time. You don't want to do it after, but. So maybe it wouldn't be considered technically a follow-through because that happens after, but you guys know what I'm saying. When you do a pop, you know, your hand typically doesn't stay here. It likes to move. It probably doesn't want to move that much because that's going to be really... That's, 
You see, like, Lewis Johnson's probably the only guy I've seen just wailing away like that. And if I try and do that, I can barely even find the strings I'm trying to hit. So it's all about the follow-through. It's how you get the continuity of your motion down. All right, it's time to look at some questions that happen all the time when people are talking about slap bass and some stuff that you might have about this video. First off, what is the perfect pop? Well, we kind of went over that a little bit in the earlier description of how the whole system works with trying to combine everything and just how I explained the way to actually perform a pop. I find the thing that makes the perfect pop, you know, is, is it's all about context and it's all about control. And both of those things are heavily associated to dynamics, okay? So context and control, what does that mean? Well, context means you don't want to... You don't want to do that in a ballad, okay? That's terrible context. You will never be hired ever again to play any job, and you should probably just, like, you know work on your context and dynamics of your slap bass playing before you try executing a lot of that anymore. Stick to your normal finger style playing because that's terrible context. So that's kind of what I mean by context. What you want to do is think about dynamics. If you have... Um, That's a good way I like to make funky riffs, and I like to accent notes that are on the pop by popping them and also fret muting most of the other notes. Again, so I wasn't killing it there, you know, I wasn't popping so hard that I'm like busting my fingers and busting my bases, you know, you don't want to do that, okay? You're going to hurt yourself, you're going to hurt your bases, and you know, that's bass abuse, and that's, you don't want to do that, so, what you want to do is use your ears, make sure that you can hit those accents where they belong, okay? If you're playing a line... A good place to start is like put it on the snare. Kick, snare, kick, snare, kick, snare, kick, snare. All right. So you, the most important thing about learning to play slap bass contextually is using your ears, okay? The first place that this really jumped out at me was in a lot of heavy metal music, okay? There's a lot of really cool, um, fancy stuff that you can get into if you listen for it and if you're going for the right songs, you know? That's some fun stuff. Seriously, guys, like, playing metal, I think, is one of the best applications for slap bass. That's an old Aphelion riff from my old band Aphelion. That's kind of where I came up with a lot of the, the original concepts and ideas of how to apply this stuff to metal. And then afterwards, I joined um, a death metal band that was called Forged in Fire here in Winnipeg. And that's where the, the style of metal was, was less proggy than I'm used to, right? I was just in like weird eclectic, like jazzy metal 
So to just go into like a straight kind of thrashy death metal band, you know, I had to entertain myself. So what did I do? I started slapping everything. You know, that kind of stuff, it works so good in metal because it's fast, it's loud, it's, it's everything that you want to do, it's that people have tendencies to naturally do in slap basses. You got two dynamics usually, loud and louder, you know, and that's something that a lot of people really don't enjoy about slap bass. So that's why we got to work on using our dynamics properly, and that will help us develop a good sense of when it is contextually appropriate to play slap bass. The other thing which makes the perfect pop is control which again comes down to dynamics that means you got to be able to do it soft Most of that was popping, guys. And if you paid attention, you'll see how I was started quiet and got really loud and aggressive there and then went quiet again. That is, I find, like probably the entire key to successful slap bass playing if you want to get out of the prison of only being able to play slap bass in that slap bass song, okay? If you want to make your slap bass versatile, you want to be able to play slap based techniques that sort of have to do with it, with like, you know, this kind of stuff. A lot of palm muting stuff, it really opens up. A lot of, you know, softer playing. Okay, slap bass techniques is really great. Dynamics is one of the most useful things to develop in your slap bass playing, okay? Guys, control. That's what goes into playing the, the, the perfect pop, okay? Is not overdoing it. Making sure that you can play it quietly. Can you slap under the mix? Or like, use your ear to contextually put yourself properly in the mix through your technique, through your playing, through your right hand. You know, that takes a lot of ear work. And if you're used to slapping above the mix, it's going to feel like you're under the mix if you're appropriate, you know. So don't fall for that trap of, of finally getting down and you're no longer too loud and then you think you're too quiet but you're actually just sitting in the mix properly. Bass player's worst enemy, that trap. Don't do it. So those are the two things I consider kind of main things about going into what makes the perfect pop is context and control. And those are both heavily related to listening and dynamics. So next thing, common question, what finger do I use? Okay. And the answer to this is it should be interchangeable. I switch it up like almost as often as just normal recessive style finger style playing where you're just doing your really strong alternating. You know, you can't do that with one finger. So if you want to get into faster popping, you know, you can't do that with one finger necessarily either. 
that's that's probably around as fast as I go. If you see Victor Wooten, he just like he does these these silly how fast can you pop things in the middle of his bass solos? It's pretty awesome, and I can't even almost do that. Um, but along that same line, if you get really comfortable with both fingers, so do all of these with just one finger. Get all of the typical slap bassy grooves with your index finger. You know, I think I accidentally did my second finger there once or twice just habitually, but you want to do that with all of your index, and then do it with all of your middle. You know, once you're comfortable with that, then you want to just, you know, you, the basic position that I use for determining which string to do, that's one thing that helps with knowing which finger is sometimes you can use them both to help you switch strings. That's one of the effective uses of of switching fingers properly is you can use it to switch strings. So you know that's slap pop pop slap pop pop slap pop pop slap pop pop. You wouldn't really be able to do that with one finger. I mean you can, but it's like feels really awkward for me so what I like to do is I have my thumb taking care of this business down here I have my index finger taking care of this business on this string and I have my middle finger taking care of this business okay so you're getting the whole thumb thumb index middle thumb thumb index middle thumb thumb index middle if you guys aren't comfortable getting that up thumb yet, check out my other video on how to get the up thumb in your slap bass and start getting yourself into doing some double thumping. We haven't done too much on double thumping yet because we're still just working on the basics, but if you've been following my channel for a while, you've probably seen a good business of, you know. I like doing those up thumb things. I find them super ergonomic and economical and funky and then you know you can just use both on the same one like that's that's a two finger pop that's probably just the way to get your loudest pop two fingers but again you're gonna get rid of some of that ergonomic So ultimately, you want to be free with it. You want to be interchangeable. You want to just be able to. See, I, I didn't didn't think about anything I just did there, you know. But my fingers just kind of go with it because it's it's the way it is. I feel like the slap bass grip is like a fastball grip. You ever or like a like a T Rex grip or something, you know? Little decisional fingers for slap bass players. The third thing that I see a lot of people doing that I kind of incorporate less into my slap bass technique than a lot of than I think is is, is really crucial for a lot of people, and I, I kind of worked through this and developed it out of my system a little bit. And now it's it's still in there a little bit as a percentage, but it's not a main thing. And what I'm talking about is like the degree to which you rotate your wrist and or pull 
or pull out, pull down towards the gown, pull out away from you, pull up towards you, or rotating your wrist. Those are small inflections on the motion that I'm doing. Mostly, it's like we were talking about before. It's in the fingers. It's in that actual, you know, I'm in the setup phase right here, and then I squeeze, 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 you know, squeeze, 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 squeeze. And then the follow through is when you see me doing this, okay? That's just to to make it fluid. That's not actually so much important in the mechanics. Okay, so the a uh, couple tips now we're gonna get into that are just common useful things to get your slap bass playing a little more versatile um, is a couple different dynamics. So how can you pop quietly? Relax your finger, okay? Don't don't have a steel finger, just soft you know it's almost just like a normal recessive stroke that you're doing except your fingers a little more bent you're squeezing a little bit you know you don't squeeze as much I'm not squeezing right into my finger I'm just squeezing a little bit you know you get a nice quiet one with a relaxed finger so that's how you do it. Relax your popping finger. Medium one is just the standard one we've been talking about. Squeezing. That's just squeeze, 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 squeeze. Okay? That's the standard dynamic you should probably work from. Now, to play loud, there's a cool another little trick. A cool another. <laughs> We're good at English over here. Um, there's another cool trick we're going to show you here about how to play the loud dynamic. And what I do is, I don't know how well you guys can see this, but we'll try and show you. I'm going to try and have another video for you here. But what you can do when you pop and when you do your squeeze is I'm actually pushing the outside of my finger's knuckle against the string above it. You see how I'm doing that? And that actually gives me extra leverage on the string I'm popping to push against the string above it will give you extra leverage. So that's how I get loud, is I push into it. Push and then pop. You know, not push then pop, they happen at the same time now. We want to be ergonomic in our motions. And what's the way to get the very loud pop? Okay, I'll tell you. You're just going to use two fingers. That's probably just the loudest way you can do it. Just use two fingers and just reef on it. Just That's the one where you want to pull. If you actually use like your shoulder and your arm strength, which is way more strength than you need to do a pop, you know, that's how you can get a good loud one. All right? So that's how to perform the perfect pop, guys. I hope you guys really got a lot out of this lesson, and I hope you guys' pops are improving after watching this. Let me know in the comments section down below if you found this useful. If you have any questions, feel free to send them to me. And don't forget to smash the like button. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share to your friends who are bass players. They know you're going to enjoy this. I'm going to be doing private online lessons if you guys want to uh, start taking lessons from me one-on-one -on -one private through whatever of the uh, you know online we can do it in Facebook there's Skype stuff there's all kinds of ways we can do it uh, get at me on the back end of my channel and we'll hook that up so thanks for watching guys it's been Bacon's Bass Place I'm Aaron Bacon again see you next time